0: Cell is the leading distributor of radiotherapy patient positioning equipment and physics QA products for the UK and Ireland, supplying both the NHS and private sectors. We currently have a busy event schedule and will be attending many conferences in the next few months, including ESTRO, UKO, and many of the regional study days. For a full list of where to meet us, please do get in touch. As well as our event schedule, we also have a busy product portfolio that has recently been updated to. This includes Sky Factory for state-of-the-art visual LED lighting. We have MyQA Ion and IonRT from IBA for automated patient-specific QA for photon, electron and proton radiotherapy. And we also have MR Box from our AI suppliers at Therapanacea, allowing AI-powered MR-only workflows for a more consistent and high-quality planning pathway. For SGRT,
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Oncology Professional Care Conference. My name is Naman Jork-Anderson and I'm joined by a fellow Joe MacNamara.
0: Hi everyone!
1: So we've got an exciting guest on for you. Do you want to introduce yourself please? Good morning everyone, my name is Errol McKellar, MBE. I'm a prostate cancer survivor and founder of the Errol McKellar Foundation. And it's my privilege and pleasure to be here this morning with two wonderful uh, organisers, if that's the right word to use. <laughs> <laughs> We've helped organize yes, it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they, they are so very professional, ladies and gentlemen. You, know, you, you are, you know, you're listening to a very organised team, and I'm very honoured to be here to pass on any information. Oh, thank you,
0: Errol. So the first question I have: What was your MBE for? Is that for <laughs> all your services that you do? Well,
1: around? do you know what, my MBE is on behalf of all of us. So it's not just me that received this MBE; it's all of us because when I was nominated. I said I was happy to receive the MBE, but it would be on behalf of everyone that has done fantastic work to raise the awareness of prostate cancer, you know. So I was very fortunate to be given the MBE by Princess Anne, but I was also privileged to have our wonderful queen in the building at the same time. So yeah, it's very significant and for me, It's an honour to have received it, but it's on behalf of all of us and including our listeners here today. So, one in four black men get prostate cancer? (sighs) Yeah, not good. Not good. You know what? Prostate cancer affects all men, right? But, you know, one in four African Caribbean men is a high number, and that that could be a lot worse because we're not even sure, right, um, how much more serious this problem is, you know, because we're still working on the stats. But what's important is all men need to be aware that this is a curable issue if it's treated early. So Errol, in, you, in terms of your
0: experience, can you tell us a little bit about how mm. you were diagnosed with cancer? And, and yeah, how
1: you cancer? yeah, I mean, my, my diagnosis is, is purely by accident. Uh, and when I tell my story, uh, i want people to to laugh i want them to cry but i want them to take something from the story and yeah. my journey with prostate cancer started in the uh, end of 2010 when my wife was complaining about my snoring and before anyone answers the question snoring has got nothing to do with <laughs> prostate cancer you know um, but the reason i tell that as i said is because Nine times out of ten, I have learnt that people find out that they uh, have this problem by accident when they go to the doctor for something else. Yeah. Uh, so I said to my good lady, I said, Sharon, if this bothers you that much, make an appointment with the doctor and I'll go. And oh, you're she did a hero that.
0: already in my oh, eyes. how you get brownie <laughs>
1: points, gentlemen. That's how you get brownie points. Do as you're told. Nagging is what I preach. How long right. have you been together? Oh, well, I've got to get this one right now. 25 years we've done. Right. Just because you listen to at yeah, minutes. yeah, I, I think that's why I'm still there <laughs> actually. And you know what? She made the appointment. I went to the doctor while I was sitting in the reception waiting to see the doctor. I picked up this leaflet, right? PSA prostate testing, right? Um, this read the leaflet, decided to make an appointment and um, to come back and do this test. Got to the reception, I said to the lady can I make an appointment to come back and do this test? She said, Mr. McKellar, you don't need an appointment. It's a simple blood test, takes less than 10 minutes. Well, little did I think that was gonna change the rest of my life. Did the blood tests, I remember, you know, going home in the evening, the wife was cooking dinner at the time. I said to her, by the way, while I was waiting to see the doctor about the uh, snoring, I did a test for prostate cancer. So she immediately stopped cooking and she looked at me and this is a message to all men, you know, when women look at you in a certain way, you have to expect an argument's coming, right? And she said, what's What's that got to do with your snoring? <laughs> uh, and I have to tell you, I think the answer I gave her must have been a good one because I did get my dinner that night. And a couple of weeks after that, I got a phone call. Could I come in and do another blood test? I did that. A couple of weeks after that, you know, I got a call one morning. Doctor said, Mr. McKellar, we've made an appointment for you to come in and have a biopsy i said uh, when have you done that then and they said um well we've organized this for you this morning so i said okay and um, so i put the phone down i rang my wife i said sure i've just had a phone call from the doctor they want me to go in and do a, a biopsy she said well when do they want to do that and i said well they actually want to do it this morning they've made the appointment for me to go in this morning so i said okay um, you know but how, how do you feel about you know, that and she said, Well, no problem. She said, Don't drive, get a cab and I'll meet you at the uh, hospital. And I always remember that before I put the phone on, I turned to her and I said, By the way, what's a biopsy? And she said, Oh, nothing to worry about. It's something very routine that you have to go through from time to time. And I thought, Okay. And to be honest, I'm glad she didn't explain it because when I went into the uh, hospital to have it done, very, very difficult, but very, very needed and you know uh, my understanding of it now is a lot better than when i had to have it done on the day anyway um move the story on a couple of weeks after that i was called in to do a scan and then a couple of weeks after that scan they called me and my wife in sat us both down they said "Uh, mr your your prostate is covered in cancer so that was a difficult one you know i got up and i walked out of the room I went and I sat in my car, and I'm not ashamed to tell you all. You know, I cried like a baby. You know, I think the word cancer then sunk in, and and I remember feeling helpless. I felt lost. I felt uncontrollable in what I was going to do next, and I I just didn't have a plan B. And I've always been someone that's been able to have a plan if my first plan didn't work. And you know, my wife came in the car and she sat there with me, and she looked at me and she said. All the years I've been with you, I've never seen you quit on anything you've ever done." And ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you, I had to stop crying and I had to man up and wipe the tears from my eyes. And I looked at her and I thought, is she having a go at me here is this her way of motivating me to do something? And I took the latter, that's, that's what <laughs> she was doing. So I said, come on in. let's go back in and face the doctor. So we went back in and I said, doctor, what do I need to do to deal with this problem? Doctor said, Not Mr. McKellar, if we don't remove your prostate, you will be dead in six months. And it was as brutal as that, you know? Did you need that, Errol? Did you need the
0: doctor
1: to be? I think like that? that I needed the doctor to be firm because yeah. had he not been that positive in what he was saying to me, I'd have probably just dismissed it and thought, Oh, well, it's not as serious, you know? Um, sometimes you have to hear the truth. And the truth might hurt, but you need to hear it. And, you know, when, when he said it to me, I turned to him and I said, well, right, doctor, look, you know, let's do this, let's remove it. And he said, look, there will be some issues that you'll have to deal with. There'll be some side effects that you're gonna have to come to terms with, all right? And I said, doctor, if I've got a chance of staying alive, I'll take that. So I had the operation to remove the prostate, but by then the cancer had already started to travel. So I had to have three months of radiotherapy to get rid of the rest of the cancer. And that was difficult. Um, in, and during that period, I remember saying to my wife, you know, I, said, you? I need to, to find a way of doing something about this problem because I found out purely by accident and how many other guys out there are suffering this issue and have got nowhere to go, nowhere to turn, no one to speak to about it. And she turned to me, and and this is why men need to listen to their partners and the women in their lives, and understand that nagging, if it saves your life, do not let, do not stop them from doing that. And she turned to me and she said, listen, this cancer's only knocked you down, it hasn't knocked you out. And you'll go 12 rounds with this, knowing you, but what you're going to do, you'll take everyone in the ring with you. And I said to myself, that's what I'm going to wake up to every morning, that's going to be my motivation. And I was out of work for six months. I used to be a mechanic running a garage in the east end of London. And um, the first day I went back to work, a guy walked into my garage and, you know, we got into a pleasant conversation. And I don't know why or where it came from to this day, I turned to him and I said, when was the last time you had your prostate checked? And he looked at me and the pleasant (laughs) conversation stopped. Is that because you had your glove on as well? Well, yeah. And I kind of think to myself, I've touched a nerve here because he undone his jacket button and then I thought whoa this is serious now yeah. you know and he looked at me and he said what the bleep 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 has that got to do with my gearbox not working on my car <laughs> and, and, and speaking, uh, speaking yeah be yeah the yeah and, and you know what and 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 in the next breath without thinking about it again I said to him i tell you what I'll give you 20% discount on the work I'm going to do on your car if when you come back you've had your prostate check." well I've got to tell you ladies and gentlemen I never thought this one through because two weeks later, when he came to pick up his car, he was waving this bit of paper in his hand and he said, I took your advice and I remember looking at him and I remember looking up there and I remember saying to myself, Jesus Christ, this has just cost me 200 quid, all right? And I think he registered the look and he said, listen, don't worry about the money. And I remember looking at him and looking up there and I said, thank you, God, (laughs) right? He said, but I think you better read this. And you know, to this day, I can still tell you word for word what was in that letter. And in that letter, it said this gentleman had 25% cancer in his prostate. He was the first of 48 guys that walked into my little garage in the East End of London that was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Two of them, unfortunately, are no longer here. One was 42 years of age. He died of prostate cancer after taking that 20% discount. The other gentleman was 36 years of age. You know, so. What's frightening for me, right, is, you know, they would not have got themselves checked had I not offered this 20% discount. And I'm gonna close by saying something that's really, really important. More women took the 20% discount than men when I was offering the 20% discount. I had husbands, guys coming in saying to me, I'm not getting any sex, I'm in the spare room, I'm having deaf and dumb dinners, I said, guys, she cares about you. That's why she wants you to go and get yourself checked, you know. And look, the numbers are what the numbers are, you know. Over 52,000 men a year are diagnosed with prostate cancer. Over 11,000 men are dying of prostate cancer. That's currently one man every 45 minutes. That's 129 men per day. So by this wonderful day, we're going to lose 129 men to an illness that... Is, is curable if it's caught early. You know? And the stats tell you, currently 1 in 12 Asian men are diagnosed with prostate cancer. 1 in 8 white men are diagnosed with prostate cancer. 1 in 4 African Caribbean men are diagnosed with prostate cancer. But the truth is, cancer doesn't care about your colour, it doesn't care about your wealth and it doesn't care about you. What it cares about is if you ignore him, he will kill you. And that is what I want people to take from this conversation. So I'm going to thank everybody for listening. Thank please, you. please take on board what we've seen. Thank you thank
0: so much. much. No thank problem. You.